This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. Today I'd like to talk about insurance fraud in a third-party claim and start with what happens when the insured is suspected of participating in an insurance fraud. If the insured is suspected of involvement in a third-party insurance fraud like a staged automobile accident, it will be necessary for the insurer to retain two attorneys. One attorney will be required to defend the insured under the terms of the policy. That attorney owes his or her primary duty to the insured, the lawyer's client not to the insurer who is paying the lawyer's fees. So that attorney will not be advised of the suspicion of the insurer that his client is involved in a potential fraud. If he or she learns of facts that prove the insured is involved in fraud, the attorney may not disclose that information to the insurer unless the information was developed in a public hearing or in a deposition. He or she is also ethically obligated to refuse to participate in the fraud and would therefore probably withdraw from the defense and advise the insured to obtain counsel at his or her own expense or to, since there's probably a conflict of interest between the insurer and the insured, demand that the insurer pay for an independent counsel for the insured under its reservation of rights. The reservation of rights issued by the insurer because it suspects the insured is involved in fraud may require the insurer to appoint independent counsel or to allow the insured to appoint independent counsel to represent the insured in the case. When an insurer sends a reservation of rights letter to an insured who is a defendant in a third-party suit, the letter in most states will be seen as creating a conflict of interest between the insured and the insurer. Many courts conclude that the attorney hired by the insurer to defend the insured because he or she is paid by the insurer, may be influenced by the need to please the person who pays the lawyer and may direct the litigation to produce evidence that defeats coverage. And there is no evidence that more easily defeats coverage is when there is a preponderance of the evidence that the insured has participated in a fraudulent insurance claim. Courts, therefore, require that the insurer pay for an independent lawyer chosen by the insured whose only duty is to protect the insured.
Of course, by reserving its rights, if the insured is proved to be a participant in a fraudulent insurance claim, the insurer may deny the claim in its entirety and demand return of all of the monies paid to investigate and to provide a defense to the insured. Some states, like California, provide protection to insurers, such as California Civil Code Section 2860, which limits the billing of the independent counsel who, because of their involvement with a fraudulent insured, also participated in the fraud by overbilling the insurers. Consider the case of Lynn Boyd Stites, who created a uh, alliance of lawyers who used the independent counsel requirements to profit enormously from the insurance industry until they were eventually convicted and sent to federal prison. Professional adjusters know that when they retain an attorney to defend an insured, that lawyer's duty is to protect the rights of the insured, even if doing so causes expense or damage to the insurer who is paying that lawyer's fee. The insurer's second attorney in such a situation will be retained to represent the insurer only in its relationship with the insured. He or she will assist the insurer in writing a reservation of rights letter to the insured so that the insurer can, when evidence establishing the fraud is gathered, deny the claim and refuse further defense, or file a complaint for declaratory relief seeking a order from a court that the insurer has properly rejected the claim because of the fraud of the insured. When an insured is not suspected of participating in a third-party claim, the insurer can deal differently with its insured and rely on defense counsel retained to defend the insured from a fraudulent claim to act both in the interest of the insured and the insurer. When the insurer suspects that the insured is the victim of a fraudulent claim, it retains counsel to represent the insured and gives that counsel full information about the evidence collected by the insurer's investigation to establish fraud. Such an attorney should be a special breed of defense counsel, not the ones that are hired to represent an insured in a simple rear-end auto accident where there is no question of liability or of the injuries incurred by the claimants. This special breed of defense counsel understands insurance fraud and the defenses available to an insurer and its insured when faced with a fraudulent claim. 
This special breed of counsel also knows that it is improper to settle a fraudulent claim and is ready and willing to take the case all the way to a jury trial and if the plaintiff succeeds with the jury, be ready to file all necessary appeals to reverse any judgments in favor of a fraudster. These attorneys are selected not for their negotiation skills, but for rather for their skills at trial. An insurer intent on defeating fraud will instruct defense counsel to try to a verdict every case where fraud is suspected and capable of proof. No authority should be or will be provided for settlement other than to accept a dismissal of the suit with prejudice. The attorney who represents an insured who is a victim rather than the perpetrator of a fraud has none of the ethical difficulties faced by the attorney retained to defend an insured who is suspected of participating in a fraud. The attorney's total duty to the insured is the same duty owed to the insurer who pays him or her, and that is to defeat totally the attempted fraud and, if possible, obtain damages from the fraud perpetrator. Insurers must be, and in most cases are, actively involved in the prosecution or defense of attempted insurance fraud. The insurance industry understands that insurance fraud is not a local problem. It is a depletion of the wealth of the entire country. Insurers have set up special investigative units on their own initiative, and in response to the demands of state legislatures and regulators who now require by state statute and regulation that every insurer doing business in the state maintain a special fraud investigation unit. These special units work hand-in-hand hand with claims personnel, prosecutors, and fraud division investigators. In several states, such as Nevada, they also work with special units set up in the office of the Attorney General, whose only job is to try insurance fraud perpetrators for the crime of insurance fraud. The protection provided to, to insurers by the attorney-client privilege, the attorney work product protection, the Fraud Prevention Acts and other acts of coverage counsel are, must be used judiciously, but help insurers defeat fraudulent claims. 
and they can do so because of the enactment across the country of insurance fraud prevention acts which started with model acts created by the national association of insurance commissioners and the coalition against insurance fraud the national association of insurance commissioners insurance fraud model act has been adopted in whole or in part in almost every state and provides a police agency with sufficient tools to more easily prosecute those who commit insurance fraud and provides protection to the insurers who report the claim by creating immunities from suit for good faith reports of potential insurance fraud. This video was adapted from my book, Zalma on Insurance Claims, Part 110, Second Edition, and is the tenth part of my ten-part treatise, Zalma on Insurance Claims, all of which are available from Amazon.com as Kindle books or paperbacks. If you found this video to be interesting or useful to you or your colleagues, please pass it on. It's free. And please also subscribe to my Rumble channel, my YouTube channel, my blog, and my Substack files so that you can learn about future videos and future blog postings. Thank you for your attention.